Hello, and welcome to the Talent Management Podcast. I'm Ave Rio, Talent Management's Managing Editor, and I'm so happy to be here today hosting our second episode. The world of work has transformed, and there's surely more change on the horizon. At the forefront of this transformation is our people, and prioritizing their engagement and connection, helping them feel a sense of belonging and purpose, and building strong and safe spaces in our organizations is paramount. We hope you will join us along this podcast journey and tune in every month to hear from leading talent and HR professionals from across the globe as they share their stories, their learnings, and their big ideas and ambitions for the future of talent management. And without further ado, I'd like to give a warm welcome to our guest today, Jewel Celestine. Welcome, Jewel. I'm so excited to talk to you after reading your profile in talent management. It sounds like you did some great work as head of talent management at Invite, and now you're moving into a a new role, which I'm excited to hear about. So I'd love to start by talking about your career journey. Tell us a little bit about your background and how you navigated to where you are today. Absolutely. Back in university, so I'm from Canada, from Toronto, Canada. So back in university, I decided to do something that I thought would be practical. And I pursued a business degree with a specialization in finance. At least that was my plan. And one of the required courses was an introduction to HR management. And that was just it for me. I loved it so much. The fact that it was business and data, but it was people as well. And that really excited me and interested me. And I was like, this is it for me. And I just changed my major. It was now going to be HR. And so I started that uh, over 15 years ago. And I've of course started as a generalist, did a lot of HR generalist roles, HR business partner roles, which is very much of a generalist role. But I've always found that I've navigated towards my side projects have always been around the talent management space and development space. And then I think my ideal role, my dream role came up and it was focused on leadership development. And I was like, oh, it was the first time I was no longer a, an HR generalist. I was specifically going to focus primarily on leadership development. Took that role on and loved it. Part of that role, though, that as that it, it evolved, it went beyond leadership development and started to include talent management. So looking at performance management processes and career development and career paths. Also started to do work around, uh, there was an employee engagement survey that was just released. It took two years to, to combine and have this all done for this large organization. And so I was there at the right time and was able to lead the engagement uh, strategy and the action planning around that. And really loved that work as well. And I think from there on, similar things. I've I've done a lot of project work focused on leadership development, talent management, employee engagement. As I think about my career since then, all the roles have really specialized in one of those areas. And that brought me to Invite. Invite approached me. So as I said, I'm from Canada. I was home on maternity leave and we had a year long maternity leave. But during that time, I decided I didn't want to go back to where I was working. And my husband just said, you know what? I want to do something crazy. Why don't we move to the U.S.? He was interviewing for this role here, got, was successful in getting the role. And so we relocated back in 2015. Um, And so I was home for a while, couldn't work. And so I was home for a while with my children and I loved it. I knew that I wanted to get back to working. But I was like, it would be great to be able to have a flexibility in terms of working from home some of the days that I have, that I can, because I've got very young children. I had, I had uh, two children 
under the age of, I want to say, oh, under the age of two. And then I had three older children under the age of that time. I can't remember, but basically they were all very young. So I've got five children. And so I was like, I definitely need something that's going to balance that out. So I wasn't really looking as much as I should, I could have. And then I got this fantastic phone call out of the blue from an amazing recruiter who is now still a friend at Invitae saying that this is fantastic role. She found my profile on LinkedIn and just thinks I'd be perfect for a senior HR business partner role at Invitae. And I say all that to say is this company very much supported remote, remote working believing you can work anywhere, anytime, as long as you just get your work done. And I was like, I can't believe this. This seems too good to be true. And it wasn't too good to be true. It actually was true. And so I joined Invitae back in August of 2019 and was an HR business partner. And Invitae was very much, I don't want to say startup mode, but had a lot of things around. It has a fantastic culture. And with that fantastic culture, purposely set that they didn't have a lot of HR processes and structures and policies in place. And so I was challenged in a very fun way to be creative around bringing in structure in my role uh, as an HR business partner. And I found that the conversations that I had with my clients were always around, I have someone becoming a new leader for the first time, and I wish we had some training in place. I was not in learning and development, but I said, okay. So they asked me to create a learning and development for our leaders, for our client groups. I did some engagement work, again, checking in on folks around what is our employee value proposition in Vitae? What is it that's so great about us? What's our secret sauce? And I just did that again as my own project. I thought it was just something that would be really interesting to capture the uniqueness so that we can promote it internally and externally. Um, so that again was another side project. And so the, all these cumulative projects came together that, that I was then asked to lead uh, learning and development at the time. And so I stepped into that role at the beginning of last year, January, 2020, and have had a fantastic time there, have brought in programs such as mentorship um, programs. LinkedIn Learning was the most recent introduction of a system that we brought in, have developed some new leader development programs there as well, and have had quite a ball. So I've really loved my time there. One thing that stuck out to me was that you led a two-person talent management team. So I'm just curious, what was it like to be part of such a small team? And what advice do you have for other small talent management teams? It's not easy. I think we're very much limited in resources. And so the challenge was being very creative with the resources that you did have. I was instructional designer. I was facilitator. I was creating some of these programs and also advocating for a lot of these programs. And it was a lot. So a workaround before I actually had someone join my team was to partner with some great people at Invitae who had a full-time job, but also wanted to support as, so they were leaders in the company and they also wanted to be facilitators of some of our programs. So really just partnering with the great people we already have to take on a bit of a new role and helping us develop their leadership programs and things like that. But because these programs became so popular, which is a fantastic issue to have, I really did need some support, but as I said, resources are very tight. So we were, I was able to bring on one person that person joined uh, last November. So it's been pretty recent, six months now of being a two person team. And it's been fantastic. The impact has been amazing because this person is very passionate as I am about learning and development and talent management. And we play to each other's strengths. You asked me like, what has, how has it been like working on a too small team? 
I mean, this is your strength and this is my strength and they don't really meet. So I'm so happy about that. Go run with things. And I think she's the person on my team has really loved being able to just lead a lot of initiatives and owning that has been key in our success as a small team. Another thing that I've done quite a bit with is we've had, we have regular conversations around what are your interests? Cause I want to make sure this person wants to stay. Cause I definitely need a team. And so I'm always asking like, what kind of projects interest you? Where do you want to go next? What is your growth looking like for you? What makes you feel nervous? Like maybe we need to tap into that. And so trying to make sure that we align certain projects in the future with this person's interests has been really successful. And then how about your new role? Could you tell us about what you'll be focusing on in your new position? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited about it. But um, (laughs) this is, so first of all, I was approached uh, for this position uh, by a recruiter and just talking to their senior leadership in HR, I said, oh my goodness. I said, even if I don't get this role, if I don't get to work for this company, I want to stay in touch with the people that I met there. Just amazing mentorship in the, it ended up being like an hour and a half conversation. And this person was very clear to say, this is not a, don't think of this as an interview, right? But this is a conversation. And I really want to know what you're interested in. So she really wanted to ask me what I wanted to do, what I was passionate about. And so great conversations there to the point where they tweet the role to what my interests are to their needs. And so I will be working with so a lot of different project work. And so that's, what's really exciting for me. It's not learning and development per se, but it's more things such as my, my, my first initiative is really looking at as we're going through this whole great resignation, for example, really looking at employee value proposition again, which is some of the work that I did at Invitae, employee engagement, really understanding how people feel, why they stick with a company, why they want to stick with a company. Um, and for the first time, it's something that I've been really interested in. For the first time, I'll also be leading inclusion. And so really excited about that work as well. I'm looking at women in leadership, underrepresented groups in leadership as well. And so again, some of the talent management aspects that I probably haven't experienced fully before, I'm getting to do that now in this new role. So I'm very excited. And I think it's that same passion that I had back in university when I started taking the HR courses. That's what's really getting me excited about taking on new projects because at the end of the day, it's always it's all about the employees and engaging employees and really helping developing them and making their working experience the best that it can be. Well, congratulations again on the new role. It sounds like a really great fit. Thank you. I hope so. I'm very <laughs> excited. <laughs> And is this new role also remote or will you be back to the office? It's a hybrid position. So I will be traveling three days in in the office, two days at home. We'll see if there's flexibility there. Honestly, after being home for the last two plus years, I'm excited about actually interacting with teammates and being in the office. So I am looking forward to that, but I really absolutely love that it's the hybrid model, right? So that you do have some time to just be at home and do what you need to do at home as well. Yeah, that was going to be my next question. Just what are your thoughts on the benefits, the challenges of hybrid work, remote work, and just the new world of work that we're all living in now? 
I am all for it. Like I said, when I was not working, when I was a mom at home, really there, that, that option wasn't necessarily widely available. And there's a lot of mothers and other people who would, they really need that, this type of working arrangement for their lifestyle. And you've got a lot of talented people out there who are not able necessarily to bring forth their talents and their skills to the workplace because of some of these hindrances. So I've actually really loved the fact that now everybody has had to work remotely. And Vitae was well prepared for that. Like I know at the beginning of the pandemic, a lot of companies, a lot of organizations were struggling. Like, how do we get computers to people? How do we set this up? How do we do that? We always had it in place and that option was always available to people. So it was just very easy. And the people at Invite loved that part of it. We also were able to just take it one step further. So Invite went a long way in providing anything that people needed to work comfortably at home. So ergonomics assessments were spiking and people were able to get the chairs that they needed, things support that they needed to really be able to work comfortably from home. So I think it was a success. And I think the negatives, if I could say that, is that with a lot of organizations, we've hired quite a number of people remotely who have never stepped into the office during the last two years. So I think that part is really being missed. So that's why I'm looking forward to actually having to go into an office a couple of times a week, because as I talked to uh, Invite's fantastic culture, a big part of that is knowing each other, working with each other, seeing each other. And that has really been affected or impacted the last couple of years. Really, that is the future of work. That flexibility needs to be there. Hybrid options need to be there. And I don't think we're going to go back to the way it was before. It's just a good thing. Okay. Shifting gears a little bit. I know you're a big believer in the value of mentorship. Can you tell us about the mentoring program you implemented at Invitae and the feedback you received about it? Yeah. So as a business partner within my client groups, I had heard of this need that people would be like, I wish I knew other people in the organization. I would love to learn more about what other people do, especially some of our entry level roles. So folks who just came who just graduated would start their roles and would be like, well, what's next for me at Invitae? So there was an appetite, a huge appetite for mentorship, next step development. What does that look like? And a lot of these things weren't in place. And so uh, I do know our engineering organization developed their own mentoring program. They just built it from scratch. It was very scrappy, but the need was there and people loved it. So what we decided to do was when I stepped into the role, I think it was actually before I was officially in the role of learning and development lead. I was still a business partner. I started to look into vendors who could actually help us scale an official mentoring program that would provide people with resources. So it wouldn't be as scrappy. People would have the resources and tools around how to be a good mentor, how to be a good mentee, what are the expectations, how often should we meet? So I think a lot of the hesitancy for mentors especially has been, what do I have to offer to somebody else? And I don't know if I could be a good, if I'm qualified to be a mentor. I had interviewed nine different vendors and drilled it down to two, had some other people in our HR group as well, interview with them and give them, give me feedback, narrowed it down to one platform that has been fantastic. And we rolled that out April 1st of last year. And we had a beta group at first who just gave us rave reviews, who said, this is what we need. We love it. But I would give this type of feedback and change here and there. And so we did make tweaks accordingly. And then when we launched April 1st, of course, a lot more mentees than mentors. Everybody wants to be mentored, but a lot of folks don't feel comfortable being a mentor. So we've done a lot of work around providing sessions, training sessions, or information sessions around 
what's expected of a mentor? What are the benefits of mentoring? And so the why, we're big about what's the why behind things. And have really been looking at the metrics and the numbers around mentorship participation. And it's gone up quite a bit over the la- in the last year. And so it's been a fantastic program, successful program. And with the, the person on my team, she's really going to lead it as I leave in Vitae. And her goal is to get, I forgot her number, 90%, 85% participation. She's very confident that she's going to get us there. You know, I did a lot of upfront work to get the program in place. But what has been wonderful to see is employees have taken it on their own. And we recently were invited to a session with one of our ERG groups, our women in, I think it was the women in tech ERG group. And they invited us to talk about mentoring and the stories that they shared about how they've been using the platform, how they've been using programs. And they're like, I've had three mentors. I've had four mentors and how fantastic it's been because they've used it for, as I spoke about earlier, some of our new graduates are like, what's next in my career? So people have used the mentoring opportunity for one-time mentoring to say, Ave, I want to know what you do. I want to set up a coffee chat with you. Uh, Perhaps I can have set up some job shadowing with you. So we've used it for that as well as traditional mentoring. And so just hearing the stories of how employees have just taken it and made it its own, that's really been the driving success. I think we just set up the structure and people have just taken it off. It's been fantastic. The stories that have come out of it have been amazing. So I would just add that. I think let your people run with it. Just provide the resources and, and let them take it over. What about you? Have you personally had mentors in your career that have been instrumental for you? Yeah, I absolutely have. And I would call them more informal mentors. They didn't know it. We didn't have a term necessarily, but I've had people in my first HR role. There was this woman who would just come by and chat with me, just chat with me. And I said, I want to do what she does. And so she basically is a talent management person. We didn't have that term back then, but she used to coach our executives. She used to be very instrumental around executive team building and getting the teams to work together and talent planning and succession planning. And I was like, I just love her and I love what she does and she's happy and I want to do that. And so I remember we didn't have LinkedIn yet. I'm aging myself. We didn't have LinkedIn yet. So I used to go into our HRIS and I looked at her history and I looked at what she studied and She had no idea. It was just the stories that she shared with me. And some years later, when I was offered that, what I said was my dream role, I reached out to her and I was like, you don't even know this, but the impact that you made on me. And I told her, and I think it's really important for mentees to let their mentors know that the impact that they've had. And she was actually getting ready to uh, retire from the same company that we worked at. And she was in tears. She could not believe that I still remembered the conversations we had. And I said, I want you to know that I'm stepping into my dream role. And it's basically what you did. You were this role model and you didn't even know it. Another mentor I had, he was more of a, he was actually my formal manager. But what I loved about him is that he would bring me into conversations that were very senior, very strategic, that at my time, I was very young in my career. And normally you wouldn't bring someone into the room like that. And he did. And he gave me visibility, helped me. He had me in there saying, I can see you, you know, leading this organization in five, 10 years. And so that confidence in me, um, I still remember that. And I still want to pass that on to other people. So I've had these um, mentors informal who have made a huge impact on me. And one other thing I wanted to say is that with my new role, as I said, uh, when I was interviewing one of the people that I met, I said to her, 
I want you to be like you, I could just sit down and listen to you all day. Like you're going, she's going absolutely going to be a mentor for me. But something that this company formally does is that everybody who's a director level or above is matched with a mentor officially. So this is actually a practice, a best practice that that organizations are leveraging to really support folks in being successful. So that's why I love mentoring. I can talk about it all day. Yeah, I love that. Both the the formal and informal mentors can just be so important. Absolutely. And there's actually, there's someone else who he's actually been an informal mentor of mine as well. And just sitting down, listening to him talk, right? But something that he's told me is that mentors, he loves to mentor, but what he gets out of it, he needs to know the mentee heard him. And that could be a thank you, or that could just be a, Oh, I put into place that suggestion you gave. So he said it's really important that mentees give back. It's a partnership. So there, there's, it's not this one way thing. We need, he's, we need something back, right? So yeah, you're doing the right thing. I'm, I'm actually listening to some of your advice, whether I implement it or not. So they need that as well. So I just want to put that out there for prospective mentors who might not be confident in their abilities as a mentor. This, these are some of the benefits that you too will receive if you're, if you mentor others. Let's talk a bit about the great resignation. Why are employees leaving their organizations and what can talent leaders do to keep them? So this might sound a little bit controversial and I whisper that and I I whisper, I love it because I think it's something that again has always been my passion about why I got into HR, empowering employees. I, I really want employees to be able to make decisions about their career, own their career giving them opportunities. So like I said, it was really important to have an ability to work from home, flexibility and work hours, right? I think employees are now being able to say, make more demands that way. And and so internally, as you know, part of an internal organization who has to deal with the great resignation, I think it's good. It's calling us to really improve our game, right? Again, focusing on that employee value proposition. What is so special about this organization? What differentiates you? So not only are we focusing only on attracting external talent, I think it's really important to continue dating your internal talent, right? Retaining them, giving them opportunities to grow and learn, making it this the special place. And I, I mean, I've heard all these stats around compensation isn't it. It might feel good, you know, if you throw money at people and, the, you know, you get a big bonus or a big raise, you love that. But it's very short term. And, and there's something, other things that people want. And they want to know that they're solving problems. They're making an impact. They're part of an organization that's aligned to their own personal values. They can bring their whole selves to work. So if you are a parent and you've got to drop kids off or you got to take them to a doctor, flexibility in their organizations, Right. And employees give a lot in terms of if they're engaged, if I know that a company and I've done this, I've done this at Invitae and other companies, if I know that they give me the flexibility of around work hours, for example, I am the person who's working on weekends. And I'm not telling people to do that, but I'm saying I'm the person who will do things on the weekends or at night or early in the morning because I'm still afforded that flexibility to do the other things I need to do in my life when I need to do it. And so it's also what also makes me do that, the passion of the projects and the works that I'm doing, that really keeps me engaged. And so I think that's really important. And I think organizations are really being called to now reevaluate the work content, 
how they approach folks, how they retain folks, and, and providing them with lots of development support opportunities is really key to that. So I love this idea of having mentorship. If we can align most folks with a mentor or some type of coach, some people call them buddies, whatever you want to call it. I think that's really critical to retaining people because I think there's a stat out there. I have a friend at work is, is a, what are those engagement questionnaire questions? It might sound silly. I have a best friend at work, but it, what it really comes down to is that you feel connected. You feel connections to others that you work with. And so you've got to build that, the culture at your organization. You've got to look at the projects and the work that you're doing. You've got to treat your people right to retain them. And then they have, employees also have more. You can leave your organization. You have more mobility, right? And so why would they choose yours? So it's almost like asking talent management professionals to really reevaluate what you're offering employees, even if it's almost a short-term contract. Like, what can I give people in their six months that they might be here with us or the one year that they, they'll be here with us, rather than just assuming they're lucky to have a job, they're lucky to be part of this organization, and they're going to be here forever. So there's nothing much that we need to do. So I think it's a good, I think the great resignation is a good thing. And I've heard folks flipping the terminology in a more positive way. And I love that too. I think like I've heard the great reassessment or great realignment, right? So I think those are all, it's fantastic opportunities for talent leaders to really reevaluate the people that they have in their organizations and the people that they want in their organization. I like that controversial take. <laughs> <laughs> One more question with you, and it's a big one, but with this great resignation or realignment with hybrid and remote work, changing the way people live and work, and with an increased focus on diversity and inclusion at many organizations, it feels like we're at a pivotal moment in the world of work. So what are you personally prioritizing and what advice do you have for other talent leaders looking to the future? Yeah, I think the first thing that comes to mind is not working in silos within an HR function. I think we really have to be integrated and speak one language. And I think a big focus that I'm seeing in my current role and where I am going is this focus on the employee experience. So from start date to end date, and even a focus on what we're now calling like alumni programs, having folks come back potentially. So really nurturing that relationship throughout the entire employee process, I think is really what we need to look at. Making sure that experience is that, again, it's this employee value proposition from recruitment to compensation, to career development, to inclusion and diversity, all of that. You've got to make that all integrated as an offering to employees. And I think beyond the traditional DEI categories, I think we need to look at, it's almost this idea of customization, right? So everybody has unique needs and unique, unique experiences. And so if as best you can, catering to that, I think is really important for inclusion. And so if people need flexibility as to where they work and when they work, I think we need to offer that. I think you have to offer that because else they can go elsewhere. And it's really that it's that respect for employees to say, it's a partnership. I need you to do this type of work or contribute this to my, to the organization and how you do it doesn't matter. We will support you in that way. So if that means you, you want to work from home or you want to work from an airplane or you want to be traveling around the world while you do it, it's a bit extreme, but I think that's what we have to support. And it might feel like we're saying it's all in the employee's hands and they have the full reins. But the other thing is, no, as a business, when you look at the tie-in to like business impact, business results, like always make that connection. We're not just here to, we're not a charity. 
right? So always tie it into the business impact. If you want to get the best talent to deliver the best results and give you innovation and all of that, then you need to meet them where they're at. Is all I would say. So I think it's a definitely that relationship. It's I will offer you this employee and you are going to offer our organization this. So it's this mutual beneficial uh, relationship. And so I think all of HR needs to be integrated in that experience. Well, thank you so much, Jewel. It's been a pleasure talking with you today. And congratulations again on your new role. We wish you all the best. Thank you so much. Thank you. This was fun. Everyone listening should check out the great profile on Jewel on the talent management website now, written by our associate editor, Calvin Coffey. I'll be sure to link it in the show notes along with this episode. From all of us here at Talent Management, thanks so much for joining us. Be sure to also check out the podcast of our sister publication, Chief Learning Officer, called Voices of CLO. The next episode will air July 5th. See you then.